This week on EDC Unlocked, the founders of OrbitKey, Rex and Charles, they revealed the origins of the brand. He showed me a, a really early prototype of key organizer. You know, I, I saw a lot of potential in it. I really loved it. We talk about what exciting things they have coming up. And we're going to be launching it again on Kickstarter. This is something that we've been working on for the past year or so. And how their parents keep their feet firmly on the ground. So when did you actually realise, wow, this is actually a thing that we could become pretty big here? Do we still <laughs> I feel like if you if you ask my mum, like she she's still worried about like all the <laughs> really. Hey guys, we came up with the idea for EDC Unlocked because we felt there wasn't anything out there that gave the EDC community the opportunity to hear the stories behind big names and brands in the space, whilst also giving them the chance to ask the questions that they've always wanted to ask. For now, this is a limited mini series, but if you guys want more then we would love to come back with another series. And so if you do genuinely like the show, then please follow, subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a short review. This 20 seconds of your time really makes such a huge difference and we'd really appreciate it. Okay, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to EDC Unlocked by Home and Hadfield. Today, I'm really excited to have on the show the founders of Orbit Key, Charles and Rex. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Bill. Hey, thanks. So good to have you on. Like Orbit Key, you you are a brand that both Ian and I like. We knew about you guys before we started our brand. We'd actually bought some of your products, and I think a real like testament to how big you guys are and people know about you is that my girlfriend's actually bought one of your products and when I talk about the brands that we work with or you know the the creators in the space she's never heard of anyone so and she's actually most excited about this episode so yeah I'm really excited to to have you guys on and, and talk about your story and we've got some questions from our audience but what I would love to do is just to go back and just to understand a little bit about how you got to where you are today and I think, yeah, we talked about it a little bit off off camera, like how you guys actually met. But yeah, maybe if we could go back to, to that point, like how did you guys meet? And then what were you doing before you started this brand like as careers? Yeah, for sure. Um, firstly, super excited to, to be here, Phil. Like to chat with you and, and your audience as well. Um, I'm flattered that you've bought a key organizer our products before in the past. Like actually it's, it's, it still kind of blows my mind that people buy our things like sometimes <laughs> in different parts of the world. And, and it's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So Charles and I met in school, uh, high school friends. We actually met in a, like a visual communication, it was called, but it's like graphics design sort of class. And then we went our separate ways. Like he went on to become an industrial designer and I went in a completely different route. I became a pharmacist. And then, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, we, we were always good friends. We started catching up when we were both working full time. And, you know, I think we were, we were both looking to do something that was, you know, different from your typical nine to five. And, you know, Charles in, in his spare time was doing a lot of tinkering with like, you know, different designs. And I tried out like a few little small kind of businesses in my spare time as well. And yeah, we kind of just connected and he showed me a, a really early prototype of, of our key organizer. And, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of potential in it. I really loved it. And yeah, we, we decided that night, let's, let's turn it into a thing. And, you know, we kept on tinkering with it and we decided to launch it on Kickstarter. It was, I think it was 2013 at the time. Um, we didn't know 
what to expect. We did a 30 day campaign and, you know, we set a goal of 10,000 Australian dollars. And we said, we thought to ourselves, Hey, if we can raise $10,000, you know, we, we can pay for the molds. We can put our money into it. We can get this thing started. And then, yeah, we, we, we click launch button. We, we ended up reaching the funding. I think what was it the first, the second day, like just 16 hours or, or so. And then. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It kind of just snowballed like an early on. It was just our friends and family jumping in. And then, you know, people started sharing it and just it started to become a lot popular on the popular page on Kickstarter. And then, yeah, it just, um, we joked that, you know, halfway through the campaign, I, was, I said to Charles, like, oh, you know, how much do we have to raise in order for you to quit your job? And then, you know, just said $200,000 because at that point in time, I was like, we're never going to reach $200,000. <laughs> And we just laughed it off. And then sure enough, 30 days later, we raised $210,000. Wow. And then Charles quit his job straight away. And he, he spent four months in China to um, get this thing made. And yeah, that's how it started, really. Wow. <laughs> um, and you, I think you said, did you guys meet that school you met when you were 14? Were you 14 then, did you say? Um, it was, you're living, like you're 11 in Australia. So uh, how would we be like 16, something like this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ian and I met at like a similar, my business partner met at a similar time and then kind of just seems like we had a similar experience. We both kind of went and lived our lives, like got into the corporate world. Um, had you both always thought you might want to be an entrepreneur or was it just like something came up and you were like, you know, I'm not really that happy in my job. I want to come and do this. Is it always something you wanted to do? Um, I mean, maybe I can go first, Rex, in terms of the entrepreneurship. I mean, I've, I never really thought about the word entrepreneur, but maybe it's also because, you know, just the way I grew up and, you know, coming to Melbourne, I got the opportunity to study design, you know, design is something that, that I truly love, you know, like I've always loved drawing. I've always loved building things. I've always been curious about how things are made or built. Um, I guess that's sort of led my path to, to design in which when you're making things, you obviously want these things to be used by a lot of people. I think, you know, that was really the thing that really made me go like, oh, what else is there? Because when I was working in industrial design, I was working as a consultant and doing a lot of really important products, you know, medical products, but I've never really seen it being used or never really gotten like direct feedback from the people who were using the product, but also because I was starting out as a junior designer. But, you know, like I think it's always been my aspiration to to have a product that is used by a lot of people and just to see how the work that we've put so much, you know, love into being loved by our people or being used and how we get direct feedback as to like how it can be better. Um, but yeah, the more, the more we see our products out there being used, the, the happier I am at least. Um, and we've always sort of just said to each other like it's pretty amazing like walking down the street seeing someone else um carry a key organizer like and it happened a few times now like not just key organizers on also a clip um like last week i was at a grocery store you know someone dropped their groceries on the floor everything went all over the place and i was just going like oh my gosh you know like let me go and grab someone to help you out and then i noticed oh you're carrying a key organizer on your belt loop. Of course, I didn't say to him, like, hey, by the way, that's the organizer, but just that, that made me feel a bit more, like, oh, wow, what we're doing matters. You know, like, it's really, really nice. And I guess the entrepreneurship just is, for me, at least, it's a secondary thing. It's never really been about like, oh, I want to create business, but it's more like, you know, I want to see products that we make 
being used and loved by a lot of people out there. Um, I, I mean, Rex could probably tell you a bit more about that. Rex is probably more entrepreneurial than I am in a way that he dabbled in a lot of businesses before we started this. And, you know, he also asked me to help out with some of his other business from a design perspective. But yeah, maybe Rex, you could tell us about your thoughts on entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, I think growing up, like, I actually never thought about entrepreneurship and business. Like, both my parents were teachers and my sister is a dentist. And, you know, I think you often you follow the path of your siblings, right? Your older siblings. So I kind of just, I think that's how I fell into like doing pharmacy and just kind of health sciences, just going down that route. And yeah, it wasn't until I started working and I realized actually like, I kind of like, you know, running my own business. And I started like, you know, trying different things, a lot of different side hustles on the side, you know, where it's like selling things on eBay or um, little printing t-shirts and like, you know, doing these things. And yeah, I didn't think about it growing up, but I guess like thinking back now, like it probably yeah was always really interested in doing my own thing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know about like um, in Australia, but I think in the UK, like you're, it's very different to America. The way I think in America, you're kind of like, you're pretty much like from a young age, you're told you can do anything, you can start a business, you can create anything. Whereas in the UK, it's a little bit like, get a job, stay in your lane, make the most out of, you know, the the lane that you're in. And I almost kind of like was me and me and Ian, my business partner, we, we were like programmed to believe we could never become entrepreneurs. And then it's like, we would get to like 30 and we were like, why not? And it was kind of born out of a, a frustration. Let's start in our brand. It's born out of a frustration with our circumstance and our lives and then i guess the the business idea came after whereas it feels like you guys were able to merge everything and you've got like the design inspiration from charles and then this entrepreneurial desire from rex and you've combined that which is yeah it's pretty pretty powerful combination yeah like we're, we're pretty lucky like you know charles and i we always feel like we're really lucky that we've got a good mix between us two and yeah it's good like we we butt heads every now and then but you know at the end of the day, like we both want what's best for them, for key And yeah, it's a, I think Charles brings this really, you know, precise, methodical and just really detailed and just making sure that everything is the quality and the design is very like always with the user in mind. Whereas I come from the more like we need to get it out there and like people need to actually use our product and we need to get it into the hands of people. Um, how can we, how can we grow it and what else can we add to, to the range? So. I think, yeah, we've got that good, good mix. Yeah. Good mix there. I've got so many questions about kind of like, you know, two of you doing it together because like that's like what we're going through now. But I just want to know like with the original design that you came up with, because it's such like a, it sounds like such a boring subject to look at, like how could you organize your <laughs> keys? But yet you've done something that is almost, it's so eye-catching and it's so it's almost like a fashion accessory in a way like what you've done like it's so unique how did you think of like how did you realize that there was a gap there and what was it what was the spark of inspiration for you and i assume this is maybe more of a question for for charles yeah like um so <laughs> it's interesting because maybe similar to how you started to you and Ian, like you were looking for something to you know, organize your collection of watches or you see in a way you can find one that looks good in the market. But in a way, that is quite similar to how we came up with the idea of the key organizer. And when I showed 
Rex, the key organizer prototype, I had actually been using it for a few months. I didn't even say to him like, Hey, let's come up with an idea. Like it's more like I have this sort of natural tendency to go like, Oh, there's something broken there. I'm just going to fix it. You know, I, I cannot stand not fixing something. Like I need to just tinker with it and fix it. Even if it's just like uh, your table was rocking, I cannot stand table rocking. I put something <laughs> in one of the legs to make sure that it's even. So the, the tea organizer actually came from a frustration with jingling keys in my pocket. And also every time I, I move keys and I, every time I put it in my car ignition, when I do a turn, it just, it, it just dangles around and make a lot of noise. So, um, you know, it basically came from that frustration. Back then I was actually training for a half marathon. Also, I was doing a lot of runs on a daily basis and every single day, because I don't want my keys jingling in my pocket, I have to take it out, take out my house key every single day. And until one day I, I just thought to myself, like, surely there is a better way of doing this. And I just thought, like, what if we could actually carry all our keys in one stack? And, and not have it jingle around and make a lot of noise when you go for a run. I mean, there was a really specific application, but yeah, that was when I actually just thought, oh, if I clamped all my keys together, that will just limit it, its movement. And that means that it's not going to hit each other in my pocket. And that's basically the prototype that I put together just using a, a bolt and a nut that I found in the workshop and I clamped it together and I put mechanical glue on it because it, you know, I don't want it to come undone. You know, screw will come undone all the time. So that was really the prototype that I used for, for a few months until Rex and I thought, Hey, let's do something together. You know, you want to do something. I was like, I want to do something. What can we do? And that's when I said, Hey, what about this thing? You know, I've been using it when I go for a run. Um, of course, my, my thinking was just so limited to it doesn't make any jingle. You know, <laughs> uh, how great is, how great is it? <laughs> and, um, and that's when Rex sort of said, oh, that's really interesting. You know, like um, he then started thinking about, oh, how does it apply to everyone else who could use this product? Um, he had just got a new wallet from his then girlfriend and he didn't want key scratching um, his, his new wallet because it's quite a nice wallet. So when you carry two things in one pocket together, how do you stop it from scratching each other? Again, then... That's when we put like a soft material around the keys. And that's really what led to this sort of, I would say, iconic silhouette of, of our key organizer is that we got the mechanical feature to hold your keys together in a stack. And we have a soft material that goes around it, which is now made of, you know, different materials like leather, some fabric, and also some polymer, like PPE polymer. But all of that came after many, many months of developments and thinking about how can we make this not just a good product just for Charles, but for everyone else who could benefit from this. Um, and, and that's when we put a lot, a lot more thought into how we can make it better. So awesome. Um, yeah. And so the Kickstarter, you did the Kickstarter, you hit your goal, which meant you hit the ridiculous goal that meant you actually had to leave your job now. Um, and you've actually got to like, start to have a proper company and um, was it just you two from the start did you like then start hiring like i don't know virtual assistants or like people part-time or was it kind of something that just evolved over the next period of time and then it kind of became a real company yeah i, I can answer that so it, it was really just us two at the start and you know we did everything ourselves and 
Yes, I was interested in business, but we really didn't have that much business background. Like, it was definitely a lot of steep learning curves and like mistakes. You just, as you know, like you just make along the way. And yeah, but it was good. It was fun. Like, just, just us, us too. Like, we were working out of my parents. Um, they had like a back room slash garage sort of thing that we were just, we turned that into our office slash warehouse slash packing station and, and everything and assembly area. So. Yeah, like it, it was, it was hard work. Like I think at the start, like, you know, contacting, um, well, not we actually contacting retailers. That's come, that came later on. At the start, it was just trying to get this thing made. Like we felt like, you know, we set ourselves this deadline, like, okay, deliver by, I think it was like March 2014. And yeah, we really wanted to like get it delivered on time. And we ended up like delivering, uh, sending it out on like, the 30th of March or something like the last, like last day, oh, well, there's 31 days in March, but like, yeah, the, the last day of the month. Um, so that was something that we we're, we we're proud to, proud to achieve. And from there, it, it was really just, we, we didn't approach it very strategically. Like, oh yeah, let's bring on like, um, you know, like a salesperson or, or a marketing person. It was really just, okay, we can't handle the workload of this. Let's get someone to do that now. And then. And it, we, we grew in that sense, like just, just trying to, okay, we've got too much to do here. Okay. We need someone to do this. Okay. What's the next thing we need? We've got something to do. And yeah, it just, it just grew from there. <laughs> yeah. The, the amount of times that Ian and I have said, I think we've got the final piece to our team puzzle, like right now. And then the next month we're like, oh, now we need to hire that person. Um, it's like an, an ever evolving thing that we always need that next person that's going to help us get to that next that next level um what point did you think wow this is like actually something that could be pretty big and as you said like iconic obviously you've got you've got that initial design and it's done well on kickstarter but i mean guess it wasn't the same back then but these days someone can hit it big on kickstarter but then if they don't follow it up with kind of the right steps afterwards it can just fall off and never actually become a business so when did you actually realize, wow, this is actually a thing that could become pretty big here? Do we feel that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like if you, if you ask my mum, like she, she's still worried about like all the keys. She's like, <laughs> really? like are you like, you're going to be okay, son? Like, <laughs> really? wow, that's crazy. Uh, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it wasn't until like maybe, I think maybe it was about a few years ago, like maybe three years. I, I think we really sat down and said, okay, like, what are we doing as a company like Orbiki and where do we want to be? And, you know, we, we settled on, you know, we started with keys. We started to help people organize, um, with keys, but we want to become that company that helps people organize in all aspects of their lives. So that, that allowed us to kind of move into, um, we released uh, another big product, which is the portable desk organizer. And, and that was, that was been really popular. And then that moved into desk mats. And then, yeah, going forward, like we, we, we've got this plan of just wanting to help folks organize in different areas of their lives. And so we've got a really grand plan, I guess, like whether or not we'll reach it, I don't know, but we've got, at least we've got a plan to try and, trying to help people organize um, different aspects of their lives. I think the moment that you're seeing people just generally just on the street having your products, that's got to be a, t- a moment when you're like, maybe this is something that we shouldn't, we should go all in on because uh, that, that's pretty crazy. Um, have you had times where you've thought, wow, this is like really difficult. I don't think I can do this anymore. Maybe, maybe I should have just 
stuck in a career? Like, have you ever come close to having those kinds of thoughts or even come close to, you know, quitting at any point? I feel like it's, there's definitely a lot of hard times, but I don't think there's ever a time when we go, oh, this is really hard. Maybe we should have stuck with a nine to five job. I think it's, that's when you go, when you start thinking about that, you'd be like, it's hard, but okay, it's better than like yeah. having to go back. So let's just suck it up and like get over this hump and, and, and try our best. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. you? What about you, Charles? Um, yeah, I think definitely, you know, like it's super hard and, you know, there's so many, so many challenges from different facets hitting you at all times, you know, like on a daily basis, you're almost like living with uncertainty. And I think that that is something that, you know, I don't think I'm too good at at the moment still, you know, but, um, you know, you kind of just trying to push through and having a business partner like Rex, I feel really, really fortunate to be able to be so transparent about that. Um, so yeah, like I think there, there has been times where you go like, oh my gosh, this is way, way, way too hard. But again, not, not to, to a point where you go like, oh, it's going to go back to what I was doing before, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's definitely delivering a lot more than what I could do with my old, my previous work before. Yeah. In terms of, you know, again, just seeing that impact of your creations, I think of, of what we do. It's so, um, it's so powerful and it's so motivating. We uh, <laughs> we often say to each other, like, like, I just can't imagine, like, people who do this on their own and start a business on their own and do everything on their own, like, I can't imagine doing it without, I think, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of, like, tactical strategy side of things which would be so difficult to do without Ian, but the emotional support that we give each other it is like having it's it's like I've got my girlfriend, but then I've got Ian as well. So uh like the the you kind of get each other through like when I'm going through a difficult time and I'm having like you know, anxiety around certain things with the business, he lifts me up and and kind of the other way around. And I remember us saying it at the beginning, we both were just had this commitment that we're we're never gonna quit and we're always just gonna we're gonna always find a way to make it work. And I think having that bond together just is so strong. Do you, do you find that the emotional support is as does that resonate with you? Does the emotional support that you give each other is that almost as important as the kind of tactical strategy stuff? Yeah, um, to, I could speak from from my perspective, me, Rex. Um, I I definitely think that is the case, and I definitely feel like you know just just having someone that you can rely on and someone again someone you can you could also bounce ideas off each other, but. Because yeah, 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 running a business is very emotionally taxing, and just having someone that you could share those struggles with, and trying to find solutions with, it's it's so so powerful. And I think if you ask us, um, can we do it our, on our own? Maybe, but but I'm not sure if if it's going to be as productive or successful. You know, um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've grown even closer with Rex than before. And I think, it, again, I think it needs, it needs to be a two-way thing where you both respect each other and also you both, I always feel like Rex, both Rex and I, we just don't want to let, let each other down mm-hmm. in a way and we don't take things for granted in a way, oh, you know what, well, I'm, I'm a business partner so I can do whatever I want. I feel like that the key and like just, just respecting that, hey, we're here to, to help each other and we're, we're not going to 
let each other down and we're not going to take each other for granted. I think that's really, really important in a partnership. Um, well, I'll let Max speak. I'm just, I don't have anything to add to that. I agree with that 100%. Like, it's like this. Yeah, I think you like going through the hard times, like it's like you take turns picking each other up. I, I think like we, we go through it together. And sometimes, like, we, you know, when there are hard times, and it's kind of like at least you know that there's, there's someone else in your corner that yeah, you're going doing it together. And it's so much easier to like figure it out. And, you know, Charles was saying bouncing ideas and just, okay, like how do we solve this problem together? Okay. We both think this is. This is the right way. Okay, let's let's do it. Yeah. Whereas if you're just by yourself, you kind of you're, maybe you're always self doubting yourself. You're like, oh, okay, is this the right way? I'm not sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like being in a partnership, you it gives you a side of the personality that you don't necessarily naturally have. Like whether it's risk appetite, creativity, or, or something like that. And um, yeah, I I I always think it. I've got really close friends in my life, but I would never go into business with them. We could not work as, <laughs> a, as, as, a, as a duo in business. Like it could never happen. Whereas just as that combination I have with Ian, that it's, it, I don't know, it, it does, yeah, it works. But then it's really interesting. I don't know, do you guys have the same where you've got friends where they're so close, but gee, you could not run a business with them? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I, I think there's, yeah definitely there's there's people that you just you love and and you trust but then you just know that like you know we would we wouldn't work well together i like would butt heads and, and everything so yeah hey phil here co-founder of home and hadfield just interrupting the episode to let you know about something truly special to us community is a huge part of everything we do and so we've created a facebook group where we share our newest ideas and get feedback from you our customers to make sure we're developing products that you actually want to see in return, we give away free products regularly. We're probably giving away a free product right now and huge discounts of up to 35% on all product launches. Whilst this began as something fairly simple, it's grown into an amazing community of like-minded people. And so if this sounds like something you could be interested in, I've left the link to the group below in the description. So come join us. It's free and you never know, you might enjoy yourself. Okay, back to what you came here for, the episode. Did you guys have a vision for the brand at the beginning and what is your vision for the brand now? Like, and how has that, how has that changed? I think at the beginning, like we definitely didn't have a vision. Like it was like Charles said, like, I felt like we were just making a product for ourselves and, and we were lucky that other people liked it too. So that, that was really it at the start. And, and I mentioned before about, you know, kind of maybe three or four years ago, just taking us a moment to, Kind of just to think about what do we, what do we want to achieve as a brand and where are we going? And yeah. And that's when we settled on, you know, organization and just, yeah, making accessories and gear to help people organize. And we've just released some, you know, work accessories. And I think the plan for the immediate future is around, uh, hybrid work as well. And it's funny. I, I still feel like we going back to our original kind of making products for ourselves like we still do that in a way like when the pandemic started for example like we all moved to 100 percent working from home and that's when we kind of started actually working on a desk mat because mm -hmm. we're like okay we're going to need this so like we made a desk mat and it was hugely popular because everyone was working from home and now we're doing this hybrid work you know a few days in the office a few days at home 
And we're also coming up with products to support that journey as well, which I think a lot of other people will be going through as well, being flexible with different working environments. Yeah. If I could maybe just add to that sort of organization vision, Rex, I think that was really well, well said. But in a way, we also don't want to just be launching just anything mm. out there in a way. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we put a lot of effort into into designing something with a unique functionality in a way that, you know, if you put this out there, this has a point of difference in the market because there are a lot of players in the market doing, you know, like organization stuff. Even in the key organizer market now, it's such a big thing. Um, you got people coming up with work accessories. Um, it's such a big market, but in a way, we really wanted to just go, cool, if we were to launch this, how can this be better than what's already out there in the market? And I'm sure a lot of companies do say that, but we, we are looking at it more from a functionality perspective. What unique function can we bring into this? Um, so we hope that going forward, this is something that we will maintain for every single one of the products that we have going out there. And also, you know, just the, the idea of going from, you know, like your pocket to work and maybe eventually we'll go to the travel aspect and maybe to like home. You know, eventually we want to see our products in everybody's homes, you know, organizing their kitchen or their bathroom or whatever that is. But that is kind of like the grand vision of where we see this going. Um, but for now, definitely we are, we are focusing on organization in your everyday carry and also your work because, um, most, a, a big portion of our customers are actually in that sort of young professional, um, 25 to 35. That's really who we're going to be putting a lot of focus on really makes me sad when i hear that age bracket because i've just crept out of that age bracket uh, and it's like oh no i'm like <laughs> i'm now on that form when you know i'm in the 36 to 45 bracket which uh, makes me really sad so that's a different subject anyway it's really sad yeah anyway we'll get this isn't this isn't my episode i, I digress um, <laughs> um are you guys so you guys you launched in australia uh well, i guess it would kickstart as worldwide right so were you mm -hmm. shipping from australia worldwide and was that an absolute logistical nightmare when you've never done anything like that at the beginning yeah it was a little bit like i think you know being from australia like i feel like if we had you know limited fulfillment to just australia it would have been a very sad campaign. Like one, you know, at that time, Kickstarter wasn't big at all in Australia. And so nobody would see it. So straight from day one, we felt like, okay, we need to, you know, open up fulfillment all around the world. Um, I suppose we're really lucky in the sense that our initial product was, um, very small and, yeah. and you know, shipping friendly. <laughs> so jealous. I, I, so jealous. I, 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 I feel like you, you probably have a lot of challenges with that. Um, or you just made feel really sad again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're really lucky. Like a key organizer was so um, shipping friendly. We could kind of just slide it in the envelope and it would go everywhere. But yeah, I mean, since then we, you know, but it doesn't, when you ship from Australia, we are so far away and, and there's shipping times. It's not very friendly for customers. So I, I guess since Kickstarter, we've, you know, opened up several third party logistic warehouses around the world just to help with that um, as well. And certainly like we, I mean, we also made the mistake of like making a, moving into larger products without really doing our homework. Like we, we made um, the desk mats and, you know, at that time we thought, yeah, this is a great idea. Everyone's going to love it. And then 
we realized how big and expensive it was to ship it. And yeah, that was a, you know, all of a sudden we were sea freighting everything and that just added like logistical, like time and cost to, to everything. And yeah, <laughs> you make mistakes, then you learn from it. Like, and yeah, hopefully you don't make the same mistake again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's almost whilst it can be seen as a negative, like being in Australia and so far, it's kind of like forced you to, to look outside of Australia and, and make sure you are serving more parts of the world earlier than a lot of brands might do. Are you, do you have uh, 3PLs, third-party logistics in all like Europe, America, Asia, like all those areas? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, in all parts of the world now we do. Um, wow. all, all 3PLs. The only one that we manage ourselves is in Australia, uh, which is nice, you know, for us to have some, you know, direct um not direct contact, but like direct contact to our customers. You know, we can do little things like monogramming and little customizations. And yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to have a warehouse and you can actually see your inventory and you see what you're making rather than, you know, in stock just kind of just sitting on the screen like you don't really get to see it at all. Yeah, no, no definitely. We're actually launching in the UK and Europe this year. So finally, we're going to have like stock in our home country, which is, yeah, a bit interesting because we, we launched over three <laughs> years ago now and we haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> I want to jump into the audience questions because I've been very selfish hogging my own questions and I've got loads more, but I think I'll have to get into it. It wouldn't be fair to them. Um, so where did the where did the name come from? I'm, well, I'm actually very interested in this. How, how did you come up with the name Orbit Key? It's a really cool name. Yeah, well, it's not as like, um, it's not as, I think, complicated as like, it, it sounds like it's um we did have a long list of names to start with but then we settled with orbiki and you know it was kind of with the idea of you know how the keys rotate around a central sort of pivot so it's kind of orbiting um yeah so that's where the name came from like we we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit in terms of putting keys in there so when we move into different categories we've still got that key in there but you know we're, we're going to stick with it we're not going to change and orbit's too hard of a name to uh, get domains and trademarks for anyway <laughs> yeah i was actually i was going to act like you and we're we're kind of like feeling this now there's a lot of let's say well, copycats essentially of your design there's so many you guys have come out there with something very unique and then there's a lot of cheap imitations let's say uh mm -hmm. out there and we're seeing that a lot now of our products and it used to really mm -hmm. it still does get to me a little bit but like it used to really get to me but then I just now we try to see it as like flattery that, you know, they would only try and copy something that's, that's maybe, uh, that's actually doing well and that is unique and whatnot. How did you guys first deal with that when that started happening? And is it something that still gets to you at all? Yeah. Like, it, I, yeah, I remember when it first came up, like we were fuming, like it was like, <laughs> like, well, oh, I dare these people, like copy our designs. But yeah, I think now, it, I mean, yeah, now, now it does, it happens so often that we kind of just, you know, we're used to it. And I mean, we do have some IP protection, different parts of the world, so that helps. But yeah, like it's, I genuinely feel like, you know, some of the, some of the copies where they sell at like really low, low priced, like those customers that do go for that direction, they may not be our customers in the first place anyway. And, you know, we've, we've also used some of those, like bought some of those just to try out and they'll probably find very quickly the, the difference, you know, and in a way it might be, a, a good little step up for them to go, okay, let's try it. I like it. Um, but it doesn't quite function as well, but let's go to the original brand and get something a little bit better. So yeah, I think we've, we've come to terms with, you know, that's part of life now. But yeah, I mean, you always, you know, just sort of think about how can someone just 
look at something and go, let's make exactly the same thing, but in a cheap material or make it, <laughs> you know, like copy in a really bad way. Like, yeah. Maybe from a creative um, perspective, it's not really a nice feeling, but yeah, like you're going to have to just move on because you'll end up just worrying about what other people are doing too much. And yeah, for us, we always think, you know, like um, all the products that we put out there, there's so, so much consideration that's been put into something. Um, there's a lot of details that we put into our, our designs that you find that some other people are trying to copy it. They don't even realize what that's for and they just put it there and not do it in the right way. Um, so they can never ever, you know, copy our creations and do it. I would say, you know, the same as what we do. I think it also helps that we, we also like, we're often not happy where our own designs will go back and make V2s or, or V3s. So, you know, sometimes by the time they've copied the, the design, we've already got the next one that we're, we're planning anyway. So, yeah. yeah. And you can't replicate what you guys are doing on like a brand level as well. Like your, the strength, of course, comes in the design of your products, but the brand that you guys have built is so strong. And it's, it's yeah, it's like Apple, right? Mm. Like, there might be something out there that does something very similar, but people will go back to Apple because it's Apple. Um, did you make that decision from the beginning or in the early days that brand would be a big focus for you guys? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, like brand, it goes beyond brand. Maybe maybe you, you're talking about like imageries and also the way that we present ourselves in the market. Um, I think that is that has always been something that we think is important you know having sold like having to sell something that is you know 40 dollars uh, for a keychain something that people don't usually pay for i think uh, from earlier on we knew the importance because we had to be able to, to convince people why this product would help them in their lives but i think you know in terms of just the what you said about the people are not going to be able to copy our brand I think it goes beyond just that the visual aspect of it and also just the way that we present ourselves. I think it goes beyond, you know, when you think about the relationships that we have with our customers and the relationships that we have with our, you know, retail networks and distributors, like they might have a product that is maybe similar to what we have. But if you think about like how to distribute it, like we're going to have to put a lot of work into convincing you know, the re the good retailers anyway, the retailers we care about on stocking their products, which is, you know, not something that's easy to do, especially if they're already selling our products and they've been selling it well. And we, we also are treating them the way that we should be, which is, you know, a nice, good way, good, good working relationship. So I also want to like kind of give a shout out to like, you know, our team as well. Like I, I feel like we have some extremely like well class like talented people on our team like from perspective of brand uh, videography and photography like because me not coming from that design background like i sometimes i see some of the stuff that the guys come up with and charles has a big input in that as well and yeah it's just really amazing like i kind of you know it's a surreal and it's like oh my goodness like this came from orbiki like the brand that we like you know, that I'm part of and I like showed my wife and sometimes showed my mom like, look at this, like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're really lucky to have some really talented guys on the team. Awesome. Um, when will you come out with a brown leather nest? 
when we hit uh, when we have enough demand, I should say. <laughs> no, it's it's always really tricky figuring out what what colors something should be in. Um, I think for us, you know, like we will always have black because that always sells. But um, but in terms of the brown leather nest, yeah, we we don't know yet actually. Like that's that's a true true answer. We do listen to to some feedback. On, so if, if whoever it is who asked this, you know, if you put it forward to our customer service team and, and just go, we, we, you need to make brown leather nest. Yeah. Uh, if we have enough that a request, we will definitely consider it. But yeah, like the, the tricky thing is to have so many variations in, in a product mm-hmm. such as also nest, which is a high value item. Um, I think it, yeah, it's definitely something that we, we don't. It's a decision we don't, we don't make lightly in a way. Yeah. I, I, I feel you. We release like a brown, sorry, we release like a brown desk mat, which is with a Salas collaboration and that was super popular. Um, so maybe we should consider it. Yeah. It's so difficult. You want to, I want to do every request we ever get, but it's just, <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, someone has said, uh, they would like to see more limited drops is this something you enjoy and plan doing more of yeah like uh, we we certainly enjoy it like um i i would like to do it but it's sometimes it's like it is difficult to to make it happen like with you know supplies minimum order quantities and you know you have only so much capacity to work on designs so i suppose that's why limited limited drops so special it's like there's only so limited so yeah, I, I'd say like yes, like we would love to to do more, yeah, and I think we should do more. It's it's really fun, yeah. yeah. Especially with you know brands that we we want to align ourselves with, you know, like um having having collaborated with a, a brand like Con Marie or Marie Kondo, uh, who I'm sure a lot of people know about how organized life, how she she promotes organized life, um, and I think just having this not an easy easy thing to, to to make happen so we kind of have to make really like decision on future collaborations <laughs> cool um actually someone's asked about that like how how did you get that collaboration with marie kondo yeah like we so that one it, it came pretty organically like i mean you know as a brand that you know inspires to be helping people organize like it, it made sense you know to work with um marie kondo and we were already working with her, her shop, which is called Connery. And, um, you know, we approached them and we were lucky that they were, they saw enough potential in, in our brand and yeah, to, to, to partner with. And so, yeah, it's very exciting. Cool. And someone's actually asked, um, what is your favorite brand collab that you've done? Would, would that be your favorite one or is there another one that's kind of close to your, your heart that you enjoyed? What's yours, Gosling? I want to know what you like. Um, I really like the Monocle magazine collaborations that we did. Um, I think it, it was a really, um, holistic sort of limited edition drop. It wasn't a huge volume, but it definitely, um, it definitely sort of led us to thinking about, okay, what would this collaboration look like, um, from Monocle's perspective? You know, how they, they have a very specific, um, sourcing strategy. Uh, we had to hand make. All the, all the bands, um, from kangaroo leather from Australia to, to inject a little a bit of that sort of Australian culture, but also just every, the fact that everything is handmade individually by a lo- local craftsman, um, in Melbourne and everything was hand assembled here also, which is, which is really, really awesome. 
And also nutritionist Monaco as a, as a really great brand that really enabled us to then, you know, take the next step to, to talk to a lot of other, other sort of similar bigger brands to collaborate with. Um, I mean, Star Wars is great, but, but again, you know, I think if it's personal, you know, like, uh, I'm not too big. I mean, I haven't really watched a lot of Star Wars, um, series, so that wouldn't be my, my personal favorite. <laughs> How about you, Rex? Is it, was I know, it's a lot of people's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got all I'm a big Star Wars fan, like, uh, and across the team. But uh, my, my favorite's actually, um, it's a, it was actually never released. We, um, we did it a few years ago. We, I can't remember how, what birthday it was, but we did a, a family edition key organizer where we worked with the suppliers to make this kind of really limited edition key organizer in a, in a color we've never released. And we changed the hardware color that we've never released as well. And, um, we surprised the team and some of our distribution partners with it. And we had it numbered like one to 50 as well and yeah and, and made it like a really nice kind of special box for it and yeah it was not that that's probably my favorite because it's you know i i have did i get number one or did i get number two charles like you probably get one for yourself that's what you get yeah, with the designer I, yeah <laughs> that was my favorite and then like we we numbered it we gave it out according to like when um someone joined the company as well like so um, i thought that was really Really nice touch. Um, I know uh, Ian um, got your the collab you did with Nomad, um, and he he carries that. Uh, it's the AirPod case, right? And he yeah, he carries that around with him all the time. He he absolutely loves it. So I think that was probably his favourite. Out of interest, what, how do you, with brand collabs? Like, what do you find happens after each brand like collab? Do you just get a there's a new kind of customer that you are exposed to each time, and then is that is that kind of the benefits you see each time and then obviously you've got someone another brand another company in your network yeah i I think like they do different things like for us like the collaborations you know there there are some that's um where we just love the brand like on a personal level and we share very similar values and and you know like charles mentioned monocle for example like we're fans like and we just wanted to, to work with them um and I'm pretty sure we lost money in that collaboration, but, but it was, yeah, like, so, but I think for us, like just being able to align ourselves with, with a brand like Monocle and, and that example, that was like, it was a really nice, nice piece. Um, there's other collaborations where it's, you know, it just makes sense, like audience wise, you know, Nomad, for example, like we, we share like a lot of similar audience, like we were both born on crowdfunding and we're in that similar kind of tech carry sort of space so that so that just makes sense and yeah so i think there also have different purposes like whether it's um just getting extra exposure just some a brand that we align really well values wise or it could be just something fun yeah. do you have any plans for a flashlight type attachment um that has been brought up a few times in our discussions uh, but yeah like we we really wanted to try to minimize, like, although it would be really nice to have uh, in the key stack, um, but it also comes with some compromises, like, you know, a lot of bulk into the, the keys that you, you carry on your daily basis. And I think, you know, f- for us, you know, like it was always really hard to, to pour uh, even more R&D when you realize, okay, maybe, maybe it's not going to be as effective as, as we think it would be. 
especially if it adds so much bulk into into the, the keys and affect usability also. Um, and we just we sort of also think that everyone would have a flashlight in their pocket already. So you know, so basically, if you have a flashlight on the keys, it will be really really specific use case, which probably will not cater a lot of uh, people's needs. So which is why we have not developed a flashlight in our key stack our accessory. Um, and we'll probably will not be doing that in the future. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm probably asking you loads of frustrating questions where you're like, we will kind of want to do it, but we can't do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least this is giving you guys a forum to actually explain why you can't do certain things as well. That's what I find frustrating for us because we get a lot of questions about doing stuff, but then we never actually get to explain why we're not doing it. I think people just think mm-hmm. we're just yeah. like stubbornly just sticking to a certain path. Um, yeah. So I'll ask you in probably potentially another one of these kinds of questions. Do you have any plans for a key <laughs> organizer that would put a car key fob inside of the organizer? Um, probably no, we don't. Okay. We, we certainly get that request a lot. Um, I think it's quite difficult to achieve just because there, there are so many different types of like car key fobs and like, is it, does it really add that much value to, I I guess, to have the car key as part of the stack? I guess like they're all so bulky, obviously. Right. So, um, and we, I personally wonder if like, you know, we'll move away from like, kind of um the key fobs in general right like um you know, there's so many like kind of keyless entries and, and everything these days with cars yeah. yeah yeah we definitely see a lot of um other brands offering basically like a cover for your key fob mm. but yeah like i think coming back to the idea of the organization there's not much we could offer in terms of functionality other than putting something outside of your key fob um which is also why we we kind of just help back on that um, someone has asked, what is your personal favorite piece that you've produced? And whether, it, I guess, do you have that, that certain just affinity with the first, the original, the OG, or is there something since that has been kind of a little bit more, you've taken more pride in? Yeah. I mean, that family edition key organizer, I thought was one that I'm, that I really liked. Um, I, I never use it though, because I want to just keep it in the box because there's only one. But yeah, like Kylie, it's, yeah, I, I always get, um, I'm lucky that the guys like leave me like random look, prototypes of upcoming products to, to test. So I'm currently testing like a, a clip, a clip variation of our, um, kind of our carabiner. So I'm, I'm really liking that one at the moment. Awesome. And you, Charles? Rex, I thought having kids would teach you not to say one thing, um, <laughs> like your favorite son or your favorite, your favorite <laughs> child. <laughs> um, for me, I, I have a lot of products that I love from our range, but all from different reasons, you know, like the death map, for example, we came up with the idea within like a really short amount of time and we were able to provide something that's so unique and so different from what's out there in the market. And obviously the key organizer from the fact that it currently has the most potential of reaching people, I think from that perspective, you know, just the, the ability of a product to be relevant to to be as many people as possible everyone's got keys and everyone like you could i don't think someone could could um when i say i don't think someone could, could do this i don't mean mean it that way but i think most people would find when they use the key organizer they find that oh wow this actually truly truly made the experience a lot so much better than a regular key ring so what what does everyday carry mean to you uh and what would be 
in general, what would be in your everyday carry? Oh, well, I, I, everyday carry, I mean, it's, it's where we were born, like where we started. Like it's, you know, we, we feel like that's where our most loyal following sits. Um, so it's, it's really important to us and we'll continue to release products in that space. In fact, we have two that's coming in uh, one month is it in June, um, actually. So that I think that would be really exciting. Um, in terms of what I carry every day, like, um, honestly, like not as much as like, I, I, I have, I own a lot of everyday carry in terms of what I carry every day. Like it, it, it probably just my phone and, and keys. Now I find myself leaving, leaving my wallet and, um, other stuff like in the car or, or at home or in the bags a, a lot nowadays. Yeah. How about, how about you, Charles? Yeah. Like everyday carry is something that, that you ideally don't need to carry, but you need to carry on a daily basis to help you get to, through your daily lunch. And yeah, I think it, it's just more about like, if you do need to carry it, how can you make it? How can you optimize it in a way that it, it becomes less of a burden? Um, and more of a sort of something like a tool to make your days easier. So. That's my definition of it. <laughs> awesome. And, and you mentioned uh, p- people have asked about stuff that's coming up. Are you allowed to give anyone a little bit of a hint on what they might be? You mentioned a couple of things coming up in, in the EDC space. Is there any detail you can give about that? Or just say, no. I've spoken to like, uh, are we allowed to say it or not? Like, I don't... <laughs> no, 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 no. We can edit it I out. Mean, if it's specifically, <laughs> if it's specifically in the EDC uh, Or just general area. But... Oh, in general, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we we do have a very exciting sort of exciting products coming up soon, and and we're going to be launching it again on Kickstarter. This is something that we have been working on for the past year or so, um, and it's to do with the accessories to help you, you know, create a nice workspace wherever you are. So maybe I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, nice. um, but but the idea is that you know nowadays people work at home, at the office. Um, sometimes you need to have a meeting somewhere um, outside of the office or, or home. You know, how can you have a tool that always make this this workspace, wherever you are, familiar and um, more hopefully make you more productive at work? So. Nice. When When is that When is that going live, do you think? Um, we are looking at June, uh, okay. June 2023. Okay. Yeah. be sure keeping keep an eye out for that yeah we we definitely have like a yeah. a big chunk chunk of our audience is kind of like desk set up that side of uh ECR. So i i know yeah, mm. I, I think yeah and if anything that's kind of where maybe ian and i were more oriented before we even started this business that was probably where our kind of passion lay a little bit more um but yeah that's really interesting um cool well, guys thank you so much I'm, I'm aware we've kind of gone over time so i, I appreciate your patience uh thank you so much for coming on sharing your story uh it was amazing i could sit here and ask you questions about your brand all day but i know you've got a meeting between the two of you to speak about more important things (laughs) um thank you so much for coming on and uh yeah i'm really excited to get this out there to to everyone i know they're going to be really uh intrigued to hear your answers to all the questions they asked well, thanks for having us on, Phil. Like it's always really really nice to connect with another brand also and um yeah you got a really nice avenue here to to do that which is really awesome um yeah and all the best all the best yeah thank you so much for the opportunity hey guys thanks so much for listening 
really means the world to us. And if you would like to show us any extra support so we can keep this podcast going, please follow, subscribe. And if you have any extra time, leave us a review. It really would mean the world to us. Thank you so much.